Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. How are you doing this week, Denise? I'm okay. Yourself? Good. I'm excited to share some of our questions and stories everyone has been sending in. We've got some really good ones. Would you like to start us off? Certainly. My sweet 16-year-old son took his life unexpectedly on March 4th, 2020. Right after he died, there were signs that he was around, such as a jigger on my friend's bar, falling over when no one, with no one around, and the dog whining at the corner of the room with nothing visible there. That was in the few days after his death. Since then, nothing like that has happened. I see repeating numbers all the time now, a lot of ones with twos and fours being the primary numbers I keep seeing repeating. I see them several times a day and have for months. A week and a half before he died, I started a new job after being laid off unexpectedly for three months. I started seeing repeating numbers from time to time as I was searching for jobs, which I believe were my guides telling me I would find something better. Now, however, I see them at least four or five times a day, every single day. Could this be my son talking to me? I want to believe it is, but for some reason, maybe the immense grief, I'm really unsure. If you could share your insights with me, I would be grateful. Thank you for your podcast. I'm slowly waking up to my purpose, and you've both been wonderful guides. I appreciate your time. Uh, first and foremost, uh, my absolute deepest sympathy for your loss, there's nothing, um, there aren't any words that can make that less painful or less horrific. So please know you're in our thoughts and prayers. I would say yes, it's your, it, I would go with yes, especially since it's increased since your son passed. You know more about the numerology, Samantha, what's your take? Well, I just want to echo what you were saying, Denise. I think this is the worst thing a parent, anyone can deal with. And it's so new and so recent. I think the fact that you had those signs in the first days after his passing is really indicative that this was him. I have been taught, and I don't know if you have too, Denise, but in readings, I have heard many times that our loved ones have three days after their passing before they have to cross over. And I've heard this in different ways. Some have told me three days after their passing, some have said three days after their funeral, but I hear that three days a lot. And so I feel like the thing falling um, when no one was around and the dog barking when no one was there in just the days after his death, to me that shows that was your son saying, I'm here, I made it, I'm okay. The numbers repeating that can definitely be his way of communicating with you. And here's the thing. When our loved ones cross over, they will communicate with you. They want to. However, and I don't know why, I wish it weren't this way, but they're limited in how they can communicate with us. So typically it's going to be through signs in nature or dreams, or you might be in line and hear a stranger say something that really stands out at you that reminds you of your son. You might see the death of um, his death date or his birth date in really unusual ways. So they'll communicate with you in a variety of ways that they're allowed to. Often they'll leave pennies or quarters, you know, pennies are from heaven, that's where that got started. But numbers, that's the language of the universe. And so that is another way that our loved ones in heaven can communicate with us. And if you're feeling 
in your mother's heart that this is the way your son is communicating with you, then you have to honor that. You have to trust your intuition and your mother's instinct. And the more you acknowledge that, the more easily he'll be able to use that to communicate and connect with you. And as your grief settles in your soul, you know, I don't think grief lessens, Denise. I don't know about you. I, I, I think it's just some changes. It, it yeah, just changes. It just, you have to learn how to carry it. And once you learn to carry it, he'll be able to communicate with you in uh, stronger ways. And hopefully you'll be able to get a dream visit. Now, the numbers that you're seeing, one, twos, and fours, ones are about new beginnings, new cycles, a new start. Twos are about partnership and love. And fours are about education, going back to school. It's also a message for finding balance in your life, reorganizing, finding stability, structure, routine. And so I would read and research numerology and see what those numbers, uh, what the experts say those numbers mean. But then I would also say, what do those numbers mean to me? Like when she first said she sees the number four repeating, well, that's the day he passed. And so I wonder if there's a message, not so much with balance and stability, but a message about him and, and him just saying, I love you. And also the fact that this is coming through so strongly so soon after this young man passed, He's working at it to get the messages across and they will, you'll start to see more and more as time goes on because they need to acclimate on their side as well as we do. And I, what I've found over the years of, of working as a medium, when people choose to leave, there's often a different time frame with being able to, to communicate. They need time. To, have you found that as well, Samantha? Yes, yes, because they have to have time to understand you know, everything that led up to that decision. Right. But something else I have seen when I've connected with uh, people who have taken their life, it, often it is young people, and there are teams, teams and teams of guides and angels whose only job is to work with these souls, to love them, guide them, nurture, support them, and educate them on how to communicate with their loved ones to let them know they're okay. And so they... Um, they are definitely held in love. It's not the same as your love. I understand that. But I think it's important to realize that your son is held in love over on the other side, and he is trying to communicate with you. So keep acknowledging those signs. Say thank you. Um, tell his stories. You know, celebrate his birth date. Keep him a part of, well, obviously you're going to keep him a part of your life. But what I mean is keep talking about him and keep acknowledging those signs because that will create a clearer pathway between this world and his world so that you two can continue to communicate, connect, and love one another. And everyone listening, please, please, let's keep her in our prayers. Okay. Our next question says, hello, ladies. I've been listening to you all for several years now, and I've learned so much about myself and what it means to be an enlightened empath. I've known I was an empath for several years. As I've grown older, emotionally as well as spiritually, I began to realize there's so much more to everything. A couple of months ago, my boyfriend and I were in our backyard. We live just on the edge of town in a rural area. As I'm walking towards our garden, I see a shadow of a bird soaring just above me. I looked up in time to see him or her flap its wings silently and land on a tree in our yard. He turned his head and stared at us for several seconds and then silently flew off. 
We were both in awe and wondered, what was that about? Was it a message? Our cat was recently fatally injured, and then our chickens began dying, one per week. We had three. So many not-so-pleasant things have been happening between my family and I to the point we are currently searching for a new place to buy. I've never experienced anything like the great horned owl message. I know that animals are messages. Thank you so much for your podcast. Samantha, I listen to your Psychic Teachers podcast as well. Hearing your voices is comforting, and I feel as if I'm in the room with you. And that's from Kara. Well, thank you so much for that. So yes, the owl is a message, and many do believe he is or she is a message of, you know, a loss, an impending loss coming your way. And so some people are afraid of seeing the owl. From what I have read, seeing the owl during the day is usually an indication of a death coming soon. And so it could be that this owl was simply coming to just give you a heads up about the cat and the chickens. I don't necessarily believe it means you have to move or there's anything, you know, there on the property. I think the owl is just a message that, you know, heads up some not so great things might be heading down the road temporarily. And sometimes when we see these animals, it's just us being out in nature, seeing these animals. It can be really hard to tell. That's why Denise and I are always encouraging that you listen to your intuition. And even then, sometimes it's not going to help you. I mean, just last week, Denise, three times in one week, different birds flew into my windows. And they all lived. And it was so, it was kind of sweet, I have to say. So one of the times, I'm just sitting in bed trying to wake up. And this bird hits the window. You can hear it. And I go running out to uh, the deck. And this other bird is hopping all around the first bird who's just stunned. You know how they just sit there like they're in a coma for a minute? Mm -hmm. The bird is hopping around, chirping frantically. And I would love to know what she was saying to him. And then after a couple of minutes, two other birds came and they hopped and chirped all around the stunned bird. And then they all flew away together. But it was kind of sweet. It was like they were cheering him on. Like, come on, buddy, we got to keep going. You're going to... You're going to be all right. But when those three birds hit the windows, in just five days, I called my sister and I said, you know what birds hitting windows mean? You know, is dad okay? Should we take him to the doctor? And, you know, Knockwood, he's fine. Nothing's happened. So I think sometimes things happen in its nature and other times it's a message. The fact that she saw this, made note of it, and then had four deaths in her animal family I think means it could be a sign that, you know, the owl is that harbinger that we often read about. What do you think? I I think that everything you said makes perfect sense. They're often seen as a uh, liaison between realms as well. Very, very strong um, medicine with owls. Now, if you always see an owl, that could be something else. My youngest daughter, Chloe, sees owls all the time. It's the weirdest thing because I never see owls. But she will see them. She'll point them out to me. And then I'm like, holy cow, that was there the whole time. And she has seen them during the day. She has seen them at night. I think the owl is just her animal guide. The way I see a hawk almost every day is the way she sees an owl frequently. She doesn't see it every day. She'll, She'll see an owl like maybe once every three months. So if you see an animal frequently and recurringly, I think that can be more an indication of this is a guide for you. 
But if it's something that's just out of the blue, you notice it, and then soon after something that that animal is said to represent happens, that's a messenger. So there's a difference between animal messengers and animal guides, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. Well, Mm -hmm. owls are connected to Athena too. So they're also about wisdom and trusting your intuition, right? Yeah. So this is from um, the Pocket Guide to Spirit Animals by Dr. Stephen Farmer. And according to Dr. Farmer, the great horned owl, the message that often comes through with that is to be more insistent that others treat you with the kind of respect you deserve. Whatever project is in front of you, go at it with enthusiasm, fearlessness, and ferocity. When others are communicating with you, stay attuned to what's not being said by observing their body language and vocal characteristics, such as volume, pitch, inflection. Once you've identified your goal clearly, be persistent and focused in your pursuit of it. Be courageous and undaunted by anything that you've previously been fearful of. So I don't know if that applies to Kara's life, but I think that it's always, as you mentioned, important to realize that many, many times our animals that come to us are messengers of, of or indications of things in our lives for us to pay attention to. I agree. I agree. And it's good, it's good just to be tuned into nature around you. It's a wonderful way for empaths to, you know, soothe their inner soul and connect and keep that, that link between all the worlds alive within us. Yes. Our next one uh, A few months ago, I kept having memories and reminders of an ex I had. The relationship was very complicated and a little abusive. The thoughts were becoming intrusive. I even had a couple of dreams about him. For reference, I am now a newly married person with three kids under six and generally pretty content. The fact that I kept having those thoughts about my ex was weird to me. Then one day, the ex in question ran by my house on a jog. He passed by twice without realizing it. A few days later, we were out on a family walk and walked past a garage where he was working out, where he was working out. He gasped and I looked away. Turns out he lives on the same block. Following that, about three times a week for a month or two, he drove aggressively past our house and even parked in front of our driveway one night, playing a not very nice song. The night he drove by with his daughter sneering at us and hanging out of the passenger side window, was the night that my husband went to his house and told him to stop driving past our house. I haven't seen him since or had any dreams or weird thoughts about him either. I just thought it was interesting that I was stuck thinking about him and seeing him in my dreams, and then that happened. This person adds, since learning more about myself, I realize that I'm intuitive and an emotional and physical empath. I haven't yet met anyone in my personal life that really believes this or knows what to say about it except for my husband. And I would love to know your lady, you ladies' opinion on these things. So, I mean, that is just a beautiful example of premonition, of picking up on the energetic imprint of someone, of being an empath. And, you know, she was on red alert to this person's energy, probably because of their past. But often when something just pops in like that, unexpected or random, I don't know about you, but a lot of times I'll either get a note or I'll see something about them in in the news or on media, there's usually a correlation. I agree. And I think this is why you and I are always saying everyone is intuitive. It's just the more you embrace it and work with it, the more you'll have these synchronicities that happen in your life. And I think it was because he was, in her words, a little abusive. 
this was probably her intuition acting to warn her, like, hey, mm-hmm. heads up, this is this is going to be coming back into your life right now. And she had another chance to interact with him in a way that was strong and healthy and setting firm boundaries. Exactly. I think it's cool just to kind of journal these and make a note of them and see if anything different is going on in your life when more of these synchronicities and precognitions happen or if it's just always a part of your life. And sometimes they can be really random. Mm -hmm. I had one recently that I know sounds so trivial, but it kind of freaked me out. I was going through some old photos, getting ready for my daughter's high school graduation in June, and I was just, you know, creating like a little collage and an album for her. And I found a picture of myself from years and years ago, like, I don't know, 18, 17 years ago. And I was wearing these jeans that I loved. You know how we all have those jeans that we just are our favorite jeans? And they were these army green color and they were super comfy and I loved them. And I was like, why did I give those away? I'm constantly cleaning out my closet and donating clothes. And I was like, why did I donate those? Those are good jeans. That was it. That's all I thought. And then the next week, remember I told you I ordered that table on Amazon and it came cracked? Yes. So mad. So I go to Kohl's to return it. And when you return something at Kohl's, you get a 25% coupon. But I don't, I'm not a good shopper. I don't like to shop. But I'm like, huh, 25%. I'll look around. So I just breeze past the aisles heading towards the exit. I see the jeans. (laughs) The exact color, the exact size I needed, the exact same brand. 17 years later. Wow. Isn't that weird? I think it's wonderful. So but I know also, it, it, very, very trivial story, but. No, but it was still, what I found lately too is that someone will flash into my mind and then within the week they'll say, oh, Denise, I, I just, I've been thinking about you and I need a reading or all of a sudden I felt, and I think, oh, am I putting that out there? Am I picking up on it ahead of time? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And this week I was looking through my bookshelves because Deb and I are doing a summer book club show on a book I have and I can't find it and I'm looking through it. And then I found this other book, you know how you do. And I'm like, oh, I need to reread this one. So I pulled it out. And the next day my friend texted me and said, hey, do you still have a copy of such and such book? And it was the exact one I pulled out. That's exactly what we're talking about. Just pay attention to those. And if you're just learning to trust your intuition, Samantha's spot on. Keep a little note of it. Keep a, a list, a journal, a, a notebook, and you'll be surprised how many more synchronicities you'll start to see and how many more little messages will start to come through. It's really cool to play with. The other thing I've noticed, because I do record those in my journal, when I have more and more synchronicities and precognitive things like that happening in my life, it's usually an indication either that I'm on the right path or that I'm heading into a good luck cycle. Have you ever noticed Ooh. that? Uh, like I haven't. When you don't have a lot of synchronicities, it can mean a time where you're not as in touch with your intuition or you just have too much going on to pay attention to it. I don't know. I have always thought it was a good sign when you have a lot of synchronicities happening in your life. I also think that this lady brings up a very good point of realizing that she said, I'm intuitive and an emotional and physical empath, but she doesn't have a lot of people to validate that in her life, except for her husband. So again, this is where a lot of us are now or have been of, we're starting to realize there's not anything wrong with me. I just need to find the people that understand the way I'm wired. 
Exactly. That speak our language. Right. Okay. Our next one says, Samantha, I recently bought your chakra bag of crystals and I'm really enjoying it. You do such a great job with packaging and all the extra touches. Well, thank you. I cleansed each one when they arrived and I sleep with them under my pillow. And my dreams have been especially strong and memorable lately since I got your crystal bag. One that really sticks out is this. I dreamt that I was in hell or purgatory or somewhere not happy or good. It wasn't scary or really even that disturbing, just dark, gray, quiet, and shadowy. But I remember a strong, uneasy, and watchful feeling. In my dream, I was there for a purpose, maybe to find something or someone to do a job is what it felt like. Repeatedly throughout the dream, I kept coming back to where I don't know. But when I got there, someone, I don't know who, was telling me that I didn't finish and that I had to go back in. Then I'd sit in silence for a minute or two and go back to the dark, shadowy place. When I woke up in this reality, I felt like I was still not done, and this dream has been on my mind since it happened a couple of months ago. I often have dreams where I feel like I'm doing something or helping a situation, and then I wake and can't quite recall what I was doing. But I feel a pull. It's like I feel I need to go back to do something that I was doing. Just to clarify, I had that dream before I got your crystal bag, but I've had more of the dreams where I wake up feeling preoccupied since I got your crystal bag. I thought that was interesting. Okay, well, I think that's really interesting too. And in my opinion, you are a night worker. I would love for this listener to check out a book by Helen Greaves called Testimony of Light. It's a fairly, I think you could call it a channeled book. It's about, a, she's a woman, she's a psychic. Her friend dies, who's also an intuitive And when she dies, she starts communicating to the psychic about what life is like on the other side. It's a fascinating read. And one of the things this woman on the other side tells her friend is that they have to go to, I think she calls it the gray place, but it is kind of like, it's not a purgatory. It's just a level of the afterlife where there's not a lot of light. And so she and other souls go to this place to bring light, to offer light to the people there. One of my favorite stories, Denise, she's in this gray place and there's an artist and he's bitter and he's angry. And she notices when she goes to talk to him about the light that he is painting with black, brown, gray, all like, you know, gray, shades of gray colors. And all of his paintings are gray. But she notices the more they go to visit him and talk to him and help bring him more into the light, that he's leaving spaces on his canvas that allow the light in. Isn't that fascinating? That's very, very interesting. He won't take other colors when they offer them to him, but he's leaving space on the canvas for those other colors. And so she tells her friend that they're making progress. So it sounds to me like this listener is going to one of those levels of the afterlife, and she's probably one of those team members who's trying to bring more light and love to the people that are there. And so I have had many, many, many nightworker dreams like this, and so I know exactly what she means when she says, I don't know who's telling me I have to go back and finish the job, because I, I don't have dreams like this in particular, I have dreams where I'm trying to cross people over, where there's people who are stuck here and I have to, you know, help them go through the light. And there's always someone, at least one person standing behind me. I never see them, but I hear them and they'll tell me 
Like ask them their name, ask them if they know how they died, ask them if they know what year it is. And then they'll tell me, make the light and ask their loved ones to peek through the light and tell them to go through the light. But I never know who's actually standing behind me. So this all just sounds so familiar to me and to what I've experienced in my nightworker dreams. The only thing I can suggest to her is that when I'm in those dreams, I know more than my waking self knows. So I have found that I'll be encouraging someone to go through the light and I'll say things that'll come out of my mouth that I'm like, how the heck did I know that? So I would recommend that she trust her higher self, that her higher self knows what she's doing and knows how to do this work in the dream state and to keep working with those crystals because they will enhance, lift, and raise your vibrations so that you can do the work that you're supposed to do not only during the day but at night. Listen, sister, we intuitives, we don't get a break, do we? (laughs) (laughs) Have you had any night worker dreams? No, not like that. And I'm very grateful that I haven't. I'm glad that's not my forte. My dreams are very cryptic. There's a lot of uh, symbolism. There's a lot of, but no, I, I, I don't do night work at that degree. Well, what's weird is I've often for years, since my 20s, I've had dreams where I'm sitting at this cafe by the ocean and I'm talking to people in my life. Either I'm counseling them or they're counseling me or we're just catching up. And when I started this Psychic Teachers podcast, I started getting all these emails from listeners saying, I feel so weird thanking you, but I had a dream and we were, they'll either say like we were walking by the ocean or we were sitting at a restaurant by the ocean and you um, gave me a reading and it was really helpful. And I just think that's weird. Like, you know, are some of us who are night workers, are we doing readings in our dreams? I think it's possible. From what I've understood over the years is when you wake up and you are exhausted or you feel like you've been traveling all night or you, you feel like you just got off a 12-hour shift, chances are you were working, that you were doing something on the, you know, in a different consciousness or realm, different than your, your everyday experience. Fascinating to contemplate that. Mm -hmm. Our next one says, Hi, ladies. I just listened to your episode about parenting an empathic child. As an empath myself with a very feelings-aware two-year-old, it was so nice to hear some strategies for helping her with her big feelings or, as we say, days when she needs a little extra. We love my many-colored days and would recommend the feelings book by Todd Parr as well. My little one also has her own crystal collection. My father collects crystals, rocks, and minerals and has started giving my daughter a small tumbled stone each time we come for a visit. I don't know if he has picked them consciously or unconsciously for her, but he's given her amethyst, hematite, and tiger's eye so far. All great stones for impasse. She keeps them in a little box on her windowsill and takes them out to hold them when she's feeling a little low, frustrated, and even when she's relaxing. She was very excited for her new amethyst to meet its new friends this past weekend and took it home and literally introduced it to the other crystals in her box. Children are just the best. Keep up the great work. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and resources. All the best, Colleen. Uh, I love that. And because it's, uh, I, my own personal belief, I think younger children have a natural ability for psychometry they can feel the energy in the stones they can feel the energy of things that we may tamp down or not give as much credence to later on and as empaths 
we, we do that. We know there are certain things to touch, not to touch. We may go into a, an antique store and say, oh, that's beautiful, but I can't, it can't be in my house. But f- to foster that for her daughter, what a beautiful, beautiful gift to normalize it. Oh, it really is. And I like that other book she recommended. And I especially love that this little girl is going to have this awesome crystal collection and connection with her grandfather. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if he is just intuitively choosing those stones because she's right. I mean, Amethyst is the all healer. Tiger's eye is great for confidence and courage and really shielding that solar plexus and hematite is protective and grounding. I just think that's so cool. Okay, our next one says, I'm an empath. My son's father is an empath and I'm pretty sure my son is as well. He's a year and a half right now and he's struggling with the energy that's messing with all of us empaths right now. How can I help him deal with it better? Any advice is greatly appreciated. Well, we would recommend that you check out the show we recently did on helping your little empath to grow and thrive. And I think the books that our listener just mentioned in the previous question would be great tips and books to get for your little one and a half year old. I do recommend as well for little kids, even though they can't comprehend or really understand all that's going on in the world right now, they can pick up on the energy of how we're reacting to it. So one thing you can do is not watch or read the news when your little one is around. Try to save that for nap time and bedtime because you don't want him to hear some of the negative stuff going on in the world right now or feel or sense or pick up that, the energy that you're feeling and reacting to it. And I also think for little empaths, having a really similar routine. So not necessarily a rigid or strict routine, but a routine to their days helps to soothe highly sensitive children who really are picking up on too much. Giving them that much needed quiet time and and that kind of emotional time out in their day is also really important. And allowing them to feel their feelings. So many times with little kids, especially as they hit the quote unquote terrible twos, You know, children are taught they have to hide their temper tantrums. They have to hide their sadness. They have to, you know, if they stumble and fall, you're okay. You're a big boy. Get up. Keep going. And I'm not saying we have to get on knee level with them and go, oh, my God, you hit your head. That's terrible. I'm not saying that. But I am saying to just acknowledge it and honor it and say, oh, that must have really hurt. You're okay, buddy. Let's, Let's hug it out. You know, just so that you're letting them have their emotions without teaching them what to do with their emotions. Give them that freedom of expression to really dive into everything that they're feeling. And that will help them to discern what's theirs and what's not theirs. And I think creative creative outlets for little ones is really important for empaths too. So any finger painting you can do, anything with, you know, homemade clay, all of that stuff is going to be very soothing for a little empath. What do you think, Denise? I think that this little person is so very blessed to have two empathic parents. In addition to everything that Samantha just said, you can help them to learn to self-regulate and acclimate to the world outside of your home, which is a, a safety net. It's a cocoon. It's a sanctuary but you'll be able to explain and give them tips on, well, if this happens or that happens, because that's a huge, huge thing for 
So, and all of our children do this, whether they're highly empathic or not, they have home as a safety net and they may feel more free to express themselves or to have more of an opinion or, or that they might not show. We've talked about that on other shows. They might be quiet at school and very gregarious at home. But I think with an empathic child in particular, to give them the, some skills they need to be able to feel more comfortable outside of the home. Those are huge, huge things that both, uh, both of you as parents can give because you know what it's like to try to find that balance. Well said. You want to read our last one, which I'm really happy to, I'm happy to receive this one, this email. But the last one is a comment that we got on our YouTube. We also are available on YouTube if you prefer to listen from that venue. And it's finally, someone's talking about the male empath. I've been struggling with this for years, struggling with societal ideas of masculinity, struggling with relationships, familial, business, and romantic. It's funny, the world tells a man today that everything that is wrong is our fault. They say evolve, yet a sensitive man invariably will get emasculated for being too sensitive or moody. Women in relationships say they want this, but then when presented with it, they consider that man weak. There is nothing stronger or braver than a man who is willing to show emotion or empathy. Both sexes need to grow and allow this if a man is ever going to be comfortable enough to evolve into this higher state. I absolutely love this comment. I've done some readings recently with some men who are male empaths. This is about unity. This is about realizing that empathy is something that brings us all together in humanity with depth and feeling and emotion. And, and because I have sons, and, and I am biased on this, it's not easy for a lot of highly empathic men to allow people to see that side of themselves because of the societal restraints or expectations. So thank you, thank you, thank you for this comment. It's beautifully written, and um, I agree 100%. I do too, and I, I agree with what you said. It's, it's very hard, I think, to be a male empath, and that's why we've tried hard to bring a few on the show and to include them in things like our Community Connection show because that's what the world needs right now, unity, as you were saying, and we need to support and honor everyone where they are in their path. And I think he's right that there's nothing stronger or braver than a man willing to show emotions and empathy. And just, I want to throw something else out there with this, that some men that may not be outwardly showing empathic, keep an eye on them because it might be this guy that little kids, animals, and old people adore, or it might be the person who is doing those kind things when people don't realize that they're finding ways to portray that empathy, but it might not be as apparent as it is for some people who are more expressive. I think it can be learned too, don't you? Um, yes. Yes. And if you have this, goes back to being the mother of sons. If you are pining away from the days when your sons would be open and cry and talk about their emotions and then they hit the teenage years and they buckle it right down they'll come back again they they will just be patient they'll be back but they that's also a rite of passage so if you're concerned where did my empathic kind open 
child, and I don't think that that's even about male, female, or or um, non-identifying. I think that that's just a rite of passage with hitting teenage years, because you see similar things with your girls, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Remember what that student said to me when I was teaching at the community college and I was pregnant with Olivia. I had this lovely class and they gave me a baby shower. Oh. And one of the students walked up to me and she said, so you're having a girl? I said, yes, I'm so excited. And she said, that's lovely. Be prepared to say goodbye to her when she turns 13. <laughs> but welcome her back with open arms when she turns 18. And man, if that isn't the truth, those teen years are tough, but they, you're right. They come right on back. Now, I had a friend, a really good guy friend throughout high school and college, and he used to talk about this topic a lot, about be, what it is to be a man. He was a really big athlete. Every single sport he played and excelled at. And he said that coaches that he had kind of tamped out emotion in him. You know, it was all about focus, set a goal, be strong. And he said, I think I've lost the ability to cry. And I said, well, when's, when's the last time you cried? Like, what, when do you usually cry? And he said, I only cry when I see the movie Brian's Song. Remember that old movie? Mm-hmm. From the- yeah. So I said, well, watch that movie more and more often and get used to crying. And he did. He started watching that movie a lot and got used to crying. And he slowly kind of broke out of that mold he had been put in of being a strong man. And I remember we were at a memorial service for a former teacher and he cried and I kind of gave him a thumbs up like, you can do it. So I do think that you can learn and not necessarily learn empathy, but you can nurture it and help it grow and evolve into who you really are. Exactly. And my, my father said that years and years and years ago. And he said, and, and this is, he said, a real man doesn't have to explain it. He just is and being a good man, being kind, showing your feelings, caring about other people. He said, that doesn't have to be hidden. And that always st- stuck with me because it wasn't, that wasn't part of his generation. So I think we all need to have patience with each other, whether we're male, female, identifying as both. It doesn't matter. We're, we're all in this together. We're all empaths. And anything we can do to support one another is all that matters. Beautifully said, Denise, as always. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. If you have a story, question, or a synchronistic incident or an angel sighting you want to share with us, you can always email us, enlightenedempaths at gmail, or you can message us on our Facebook page at Enlightened Empaths. We hope you guys have a beautiful week. Don't forget, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.